Hera has to defend her actions. Thrawn tries to slow down his enemies. Balin chooses a new path and more as the Skagizer back for part seven of Ahsoka. We are back here on the sky, guys. We're having part seven of Ahsoka. We are just one episode away from the f season finale of hopefully season one, not this whole series. I'm your, I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Joining me today, as always, the his voice, your narration every single week. Pete Constantor is here. Pete, how are you? Doing well. Uh, excited to uh, talk Star Wars. Next week's our final week of live Ahsoka content, but uh, nonetheless, still excited to talk about this episode. Yep. Also here with us today, uh, the... Head of the uh, Tribunal of the New Republic, Nick Ferreira, is here. Nick, how are you? Doing great. Um, excited to be here. Excited to talk about some Ahsoka Episode 7. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, Nick is going to pull some magic for us here, too, because you're watching the video version. You cannot see him yet, but he's right there. Hello. Yeah. He pulled an Ezra. Yeah. Yep. Also with us here today, uh, guests on the podcast, having a regular here on the live action shows. He was with us for Andor and the Mandalorian. Vin Gallo is here. Vin, how are you? I'm good. Happy to be here a third time, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk Ahsoka. I'm really enjoying this episode. I mean, this this series uh, more than more than most of the Star Wars stuff lately. So happy yeah. to talk. Yeah, I'm sure Vin's happy that he not get the Jack Black Lizzo episode this time. So that was good. And uh, Vin is not as in on the Rebels knowledge as the rest of us here. But like, how are you enjoying it? As somebody who did not watch the Rebels before you got on this. Hey, I'm really liking it. Um, I tried to catch up on some Clone Wars stuff uh, just to get some background on Ahsoka. And then I got like a, you know, uh, an overview of what happened on Rebels. So I think I'm I'm pretty good, but I don't have the depth of knowledge you guys have. I mean, every time you guys talk about Rebels, uh now, now I know who Chopper is, you know, now I know who Sabine is and Hera is. So, um, but really loving this up, this, uh, series so far. Yeah, for sure here. And Pete, if you want to subscribe to us here on the Sky Guys podcast and do so Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects, simply search for the Sky Guys favorite podcast platforms, find all episodes there. Those of you friends over the Justin the Suffering podcast, you guys next week, then we go bye-bye for a while. So if you want to hang out with us, you guys subscribe. Gotta subscribe. We say it every week, folks. Um, if you're if you're listening to us on social media, those clips, you can get the full show if you're subscribed. Listen to us fully, not just those shorts that we put up. So um, subscribe, subscribe, and last but not least, subscribe. Yep. And uh, Nick Freyetta, people want to follow us on uh, the social media streets. How can you do that? You can follow at Sky Guys Podcast. It is on Instagram. It's on Twitter. It's on Threads, and it's on TikTok. Yep, you can check out all those platforms there. Plus, we solicit your feedback from the podcast. So if you want to leave questions and comments, you can always do so there. Let's check out the YouTube version. Mike Phillips on YouTube for all the fun video graphics here. Nick's magic trick with his camera and the Blego props here. And we brought a new one out today here, Vin. So I am bringing out here the Captain Rex helmet, fully built. Looks pretty awesome. Yep. I, uh, I actually know who Rex is now, so uh, I can appreciate that. Yep, so Rex character draft here and uh nick let's get some star wars news let's do it i almost lost the mute button but i found it um three quick things number one is karen monahan the star of the jedi fallen order series has confirmed that there will be a third game in the series i don't think it's surprising i still haven't finished the game but i did pick it up again and start playing so i will finish soon um 
they also has announced that the the Star Wars Eclipse team announced that the game is not dead, and uh, they said it's going to happen. So we'll see. We've been skeptical on that. And then lastly, apparently, the writer's strike is over. Mike, you want to fill us in on that? It is over. They did agree to a deal this weekend. Since signed, the strike was lifted as of midnight on day of recording. So the writers are back to work. Still no actors yet. But the Star Wars stuff, we might get some writing happening again here. So once the actors get done, we'll be back in full production. Great. Oh, it's a lot of point. You forgot one line in the uh, press release for the uh, Eclipse group. I thought it was hilarious that they said the game is, quote, it's simmering. Well, we'll see it. We'll see it when it happens. I doubt it. <laughs> so that all we got in the news department? That's it. All right. So we are done with the news here. Let's get to part seven of Ahsoka here. Dreams and madness here. So, uh, Pete, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, um, overall, I liked it. I think it was good. Uh, I do think it was a bit underwhelming, um, and it worries me for next week. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more in depth as to why. I don't want to give too much away here, but um, for an episode seven, it kind of felt like a, a middle season episode, not toward the end. Uh, Vin, how'd you feel about the episode? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode, actually. Um, I kind of agree with Pete, though. I, I was, I'm just worried that I'd like this series to be a little self-contained. Um, and so I'd like to you know, see something happen next week, and it doesn't feel like we're going to get that big ending. Um, but really enjoyed the episode. Great action. Great story. I'll get, you know, I'll get into really what I liked about it once we start getting in depth. Yeah, and Nick, I also feel like, in my opinion, I feel like some people just misunderstand what the idea of, like, filler is, where they consider, oh, if it's not, like, episode 5 of Ahsoka or episode 10 of Andor, it's filler. Like, they're, like, Filler is not this. You guys have to watch some Bad Batch. You want to see what Filler actually is. Agreed. Uh, I like the episode a lot, and I'm confident that next week's going to be a great episode and a great ending to the show. I think a lot of people are under the impression that this show ends on Tuesday, October 3rd. But it, And, I mean, technically the season does end, sure, but there'll almost definitely be another season if there's not we're building towards a movie so this story is a long way to go and it's not supposed to be over yeah i don't think it's gonna be over i mean i think it's pretty clear that they already said that season two is supposedly in development i think it accelerates now the writer's strike is over as well i agree i think that this is just the stepping stone to what we're gonna get in the future not the finale if you will yeah, so let's get into the episode. We're going to sort of like group characters, different groups here. So I think we should get the Hera stuff out of the way first. That's where we start the episode here. So, uh, Vin, we get this hearing of the basically the Hera court martial hearing here. So what do you think of what we saw here with uh, Senator Giano, who is not a favorite on the Internet right now? Yeah, uh, with Senator Giano, I, I mean, it was felt very obvious that he might be an, an uh, imperial sympathizer. Um, but I, I enjoyed the scene. He was, he, he kind of laid it on thick. I was like, are you trying to make us think that, that you're, uh, that you're part of the, the empire? Um, I really liked that. We saw C3PO. Um, I think this just added, you know, a, a great character development, you know, for Mon Mothma. I really enjoy seeing her character uh, in the series. Um, so, I, I, I liked it, but yeah, I, I think all the hate towards uh, that senator is is warranted. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if if it's revealed that he's uh, uh, Empire sympathizer. 
Yeah, and uh, Nick, before we get to the C-3PO uh, cameo, which is a big surprise to us, I think all of us here, I think, let's discuss, I think, obviously, we get, finally, something we've been speculating all season, where does this fit in the Mando timeline? Where is it happening during the season, before the season, is it after the season? And Carson Taylor helpfully tell us, what about this business on Mandalore? And then we learned that, basically, season three of Mando has happened before the Ahsoka stuff has happened. Yeah, or it, like, just happened. You don't know. Like, they could have been, like, episode... The last episode of Mando happened during episode five of Ahsoka. We don't know exactly how it worked out. But we knew going into the show that it was supposed to, quote-unquote, take place at the same time as Mando season three. But we didn't know, does that mean, like, literally? Are we, like, a, a, a couple days behind? And it seems like... I, I think it's safe to say we're a couple of weeks later. That's what it sounds like to me. Maybe it's months, I don't know, but it seems to me like we're a few weeks after the end of Mando Season 3 at this point, with one episode to go. Yeah, so we know where it is right now. We're, this is the first that we got in the Mandoverse timeline here, and uh, Pete, right when Gianna was trying to uh, basically say, Hera, you're out, we get a great cameo from C-3PO himself shows up to represent Leia and claim that, hey, like, Leia authorized his mission, but she did not know uh, Mr. Douchebag Senator Gianna that, uh, you had told her no, so uh, oops, my bad. Yeah, I think this was beautifully done. Um, I think any droid cameo from the original movies um, and also the prequels, sequels, whatever, I mean, I think it was great seeing C-3PO, but I think it was beautifully done because you don't have to worry about doing, you know, a, a recasting or a de-aging of, of Leia. I mean, you have Leia in the story without having um, to work those or that CGI logistic, if you will. Um, and it becomes organic, right? I think that's something that I've brought up about this show a ton is that it's not forced. It's very organic. They're not trying to force characters upon you. It makes sense. And I think uh, this was continuity wise, beautifully done. Yeah. And then I go to you because obviously C3PO is hanging out with you right now in your uh, Zoom situation here. So uh, are you happy to see him here basically as our substitute for Leia in this episode? Yeah, I definitely was. I agree with you, Pete. Like, I, I uh, you know, in Mandalorian, it seems like they force a lot of cameos, right? So while we love it as fans, it still just like doesn't really serve the story. This served the story. It was cool to see three see C three PO. Um, and again, I, I I just there's something just weird about seeing Leia after Carrie Fisher died. So I'm happy they kind of got her in here without actually getting her in here. Yeah, and Nick, one more note on Leia here is that we do get an official job title for her. Basically, that we're told that she's a senator. Uh, still, but she leads the New Republic Defense Force, so basically setting up the General Organa we get in the sequels. Yeah, setting do, up the Resistance leader. Do we know what planet she's a senator from? We do not know. I do not think. Right, Nick? Got it. You think they, do you think they still have Alderaan as a, as a place? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, maybe she's Endor senator. Maybe. Um, yeah, I, I guess I think it was a good idea Obviously, to bring her in, you have her in the story without having her in the story, and that's the best way you could have done it. And they made it so she, um, they made it so, like, for example, like I just said, she was in the story without being in the story. And uh, like in Rogue One, I didn't mind it because she was only there for like a split second. It wasn't a big deal. It was only one line. But if you did a whole scene with that with that technology, it really, it wouldn't look, it wouldn't look nice. So. It's a good thing that they did that. I'm happy they did. Well, I mean, they did whole scenes with Tarkin in Rogue One. I thought the Tarkin scene in Rogue One looked really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I disagreed on that one, but let's discuss it for another day here. And Pete, I will also note here, we get our one shot moment of the episode where Sarah Giano is like, can we really take it out from a mere droid and Chopper basically sitting in the galleries going, cursing out, just going, what the fuck? Like, in droid speaking, Carson to calm him down before he storms the stage. I was hoping Chopper would just end him right then and there. Uh, we've been trying to uh, get the kill count up for Chopper because that center is just, he's annoying as all hell. Yeah. Um, but it, Chopper's reaction is great. Um, and he's, something's going on with him for sure. I, I agree with you guys. I think there's something more meets the eye with that character. Yes. So Leia was a senator from the Alderaan Sector, which is, I guess is like the planet and the surrounding moons and whatnot. Yeah. So I guess when the planet's gone, there's still surrounding moons and all that. Yep. And basically we do see that Mon Mothma basically kind of overrules Giano and says, you know what, that's good enough for me. So we're going to let her off the hook here. And she goes and talks to her in private, Nick. And she says, hey, what do we really need to know about Thrawn? Like, is this really happening? Is this bad? And Hera basically says... Prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So very, I think, good advice. You can tell Mom Moth was not thrilled to hear that she was actually a possibility of dealing with this guy again. Yes, and I am thinking of something right now that's kind of... Something that's kind of getting in my head here that, like... You can see how the New Republic, maybe except Mon Mothma, is really blowing this off, right? They're not concerned. They don't believe it. They don't think it's a lie. And from what we've seen in the sequel movies, it's more or less the same. The New Republic's not interested in fighting the First Order. That's why Leia has the resistance doing that. It's not part of the New Republic. They're kind of like a unofficial military group, if you will. Yep. Doesn't that tell you that Thrawn doesn't do anything? Because there's no way that Thrawn causes havoc and comes back, and then 20 years later they go, nope, we still don't believe it. Like, there's no way. I think I disagree with you, Nick. Just based on the premise, I feel like there could be something like, okay, now we're done. We dealt with him, and then they all ran away, and we're not dealing with them ever again. That's a good point. That's a good point. I can see that happening. Because that could be very much a case of, you know, okay, like, maybe they were right. There are still some random whack-a-mole imperial sectors out here, and look, we took out their leader again, and they all ran for the hills, so we're never going to see them again. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. All right, so that's, that's, I think, the end of the Harris stuff here. So... Where do you want to go now, uh, Pete? We got Ahsoka. I think we stayed Thrawn for the end. You want to do Sabine and Ezra? You want to do Balin and Shin? What do you feel like? Uh, let's go Ahsoka. Let's right, so go Ahsoka here, because I did think it was fun here. We see that she starts out the episode. She's training on her ship with the Anakin hologram here. And uh, Vin, did you like seeing the Anakin Skywalker hologram with the Clone Wars like, haircut? Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um I, I I really am enjoying seeing Hayden Christensen as the Clone Wars Anakin, uh, less whiny, uh, less like petulant child, you know, and you get to see like Anakin, I feel like the way that it was intended. Uh, so and I like how they kind of got again, like going with the the continuity, um, like putting putting in cameos, but making it feel natural. Like I really enjoyed that the way it was these recordings that she keeps of him um you know for when she needs to train when he's not there so i thought that was really cool love and hating hating christensen in this um really doing a great job yeah pete another great job with the callbacks to rebel this is where we first see that she has these recordings of anakin and we see one of them there plus he gives us a couple of name checks for count dooku general grievous and asajj Ventress. so the clone wars trio of villains gets shouted out again it, it makes sense, right? It's the Clone Wars era. Those are the top three villains that they were trying to overcome. 
Uh, and I, I wasn't expecting more Hayden Christensen. I thought he was there for those two episodes and that was going to be it. Um, so it was a real treat to, to have him here again and maybe we'll get him episode eight. I'm not sure. Um, but I would, I would welcome it. It was really cool. Yeah, Nick, I also did think it was fun that Hayden Christian was definitely in the uh, jokey acting mode as well, where he's like, hey, like, make sure you practice these forms a lot, or at least more than I did. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a Clone Wars Anakin, right? Yep. Um, that scene familiar, that um, the whole um, recording, was it from Tales of the Jedi? No, that's the audio they dropped in, in the trailer when we first found out he was coming back. Oh, okay. That's why I sounded familiar. All right. But yeah, but they brought in Clone Wars Anakin. He's cracking jokes. He's lighthearted. You could see he was probably at his happiest at that moment. He was secretly married. He, he obviously loved Padme, loved Ahsoka. He, at that point, I don't think he really had many issues with Obi-Wan anymore. It looked like those issues were kind of like growing pains, but once he wasn't a Padawan anymore, he learned to grow and respect and love Obi-Wan. So like, he, that was probably the happiest Anakin ever was in his whole life those three years, which is ironic because he was a soldier, but yeah, that's for sure. We do see also, we get uh, a lot of banter between Ahsoka and Hu Yang and like, Vin, this is very much a comically episode for Hu Yang. Are you, are you a big Hu Yang guy? Yeah, so I didn't, obviously didn't have the background on Hu Yang um, until I watched this and I started reading about him. Definitely a huge fan because I, I like that he was, because you always kind of they never really showed you what happened in the Jedi temple um, and the training Academy um, in the live action shows in the live action movie. Sorry. Um, so I like that you kind of see like the inner workings of how it happened. And he was kind of the teacher and he's like the keeper of the knowledge. Um, so I, I, I've been really enjoying him and he's like, kind of, he has like a softer serious side. And then obviously he has the, uh, the, the, the humorous side. So I've been really liking him. He seems like a very wise droid. I really like him because he's he's funny, but his character is not comedic relief. He's not just the funny guy. He has funny moments, but he's not the funny guy. I like that a lot. He's like the straight man, yeah, basically. What do you say? He's the straight man to Ahsoka. Yeah, and every now and then he cracks a joke, but more or less he's kind of like a you know just a man of advice. Yeah, P. I did think it was fun how they were talking about the, the making reference to the the Han Solo never tell me the odds thing with like. Hu Yang may saying, like, you never asked me for the odds. He's like, I, what are they? He's like, I don't want to tell you. That was funny. Yeah, honestly, I, I kind of missed that reference. I know it's probably blasphemy when it comes to Star Wars fans, but I uh, I totally missed that one over my head. But, yeah, it was funny. It was good, and it makes sense. It's a nice callback now that you're mentioning it. And um, they uh, the banter between Ahsoka and Hu Yang is, is, is fantastic. Yeah, I love it here. We do also get to see some of Ahsoka's piloting skills, Nick, when she's navigating the... Uh, Imperial minefield around Peridia to land her ship here. And uh, I feel like learning under Anakin, the Clone Wars definitely helped her learn how to fly like that. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Vin, were you impressed with her piloting skills there and to get through that minefield, especially once all the whales just flew away and left, left her no cover. Yeah. I mean, that was an awesome scene. <laughs> I, I love you know, seeing all the whale skeletons and bones flying past, but I was thinking, like you were saying, like Anakin would have would have gotten through here much easier. But uh, but yeah, it was a, it was an awesome scene. Like the visuals, like sometimes I look back and I'm like, I just wish we had this technology like for the for the uh, the original uh, uh, the original trilogy, even though I would never don't touch the original t trilogy. But the visuals are amazing 
Well, George touched it several times with the uh, remakes and whatnot. I know, so, but don't, don't do it anymore. <laughs> so anyway, she ends up laying on the planet. We'll find later on that Thrawn uses Night uh the Great Mother's magic to find her and force her out of her hiding spot here. And she does, Pete, do the fun thing we've seen throughout Star Wars history. She reaches out to Sabine through the Force. We had, we've seen this Luke and Leia a couple of times. Ray and Kylo did a few times, so... I thought it was cool to see, especially somebody who's not traditionally a Jedi, like be able to like be receptive to that moment in the Force. Yeah, I um, I think it was good for Sabine's character too. Um, finally, we get some sort of inkling that she is connected with the Force, and that this is not just all for a waste when it comes to Ahsoka training her. Um, but I mean, good on Ahsoka. She's in the middle of a galaxy that she doesn't know. Let me. I mean, what's the what's the worst that can happen? You try and you don't contact her. So, um, definitely a cool scene. Definitely a lot, again, like you said, callbacks to other characters that have done it done it in the uh, Star Wars universe that we know and love. Yep, and I think we'll put a pin in Soka for now, because I want to save all the fight stuff for one section here. So let's go to uh, Sabine and Ezra here. So, uh, Nick, when we see uh, the scene where, you know, they're riding the convoy, they're trying to lead the Nodi to safety here. Like, that was a fun conversation where Sabine's catching up uh, Ezra on everything in terms of like, oh, Zeb is training recruits, and we have, you know, uh, Hera is a general in the New Republic, and then I thought it was funny where he's like, "Did the like is the the Empire's dead?" Like, or so they say. So just a, a wink and a nod to us that he's just he's gonna come back. I don't think you're wrong, but I take that as the common citizen does not know what happened. No, Sabine thinks the balance the the uh, the thing ended Endor. Right. So like. Uh... I, I see. I obviously it's thrown in there as a little bit of a nod to the rise of Skywalker, but like at the same time, it does make sense. I don't think it's far fetched at all that Sabine wouldn't know exactly, the, like for sure, that the Emperor died. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I, that is very, very, very true. But I find it odd that Sabine's still not telling Ezra why, how she got there. And I especially find it odd because I don't think Ezra's one to, like, flip out on her. But then again, maybe I'm wrong. Otherwise, this wouldn't be such a thing. So I guess we see that next week. I would think so. I mean, Vin, like, have you seen uh, Ant-Man 3, the not-so-great Marvel movie? Yes. This feels a lot like uh, Janet in the movie. just saying, I don't want to talk about it right now. Like, we'll talk about it later. Feels a lot like that energy. That is, uh, Mike, that's exactly what I thought of when I was watching this scene. Um, I During that movie, I was like, come on, this makes no sense. Why are you doing this? And then during that scene, I was like, every answer was, it's complicated. I don't want to talk about it. Like, are you going to talk about anything? Are you going to explain anything? This guy's been alone for, for years and years and years, and you're literally giving him zero information. Uh, and it's just frustrating from a like writing perspective. It's like, you could do better than this. Like, give me a break. Yeah, this to me felt like, Pete, they were trying to stretch this out to the finale. It's like, okay, we want to do this in episode eight. We don't want to do it yet. So I think they have this idea this is a big finale moment when Ezra sort of reacts like, wait, you did what? I, I, I think it's a mistake. I think this should have been covered already. Um, If the finale is, <clears throat> excuse me, I was choking on my water during while everyone else was uh, <clears throat> talking. Um, But anyway. I think this was a mistake because I, I think we should have gotten over this this hump already and that we can focus on the finale of the show. Um, I understand that we're probably getting more of this show. It just worries me that next week we're just going to get thrown 80 minutes of content and 40 minutes of of what uh, of what we have. Um, and, I, and I think Ezra would be disappointed. I think if Ezra finds out 
that she did this for the interest of finding him, but at the expense of the other galaxy falling to Thrawn, I think Ezra is going to be totally against it and be disappointed to be. And she probably doesn't want that to happen because she's excited that she found her friend again. Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that next week, see what the reaction is with him. But also point out here that, like, at this point, this is going on here. We see that uh, Bail that Balin, Shin, and our favorite pretty and biker gang have caught up to them. Are going to are going to deal with them here. So we we'll go to the Balin and uh, Shin area here. So Bail, what do you think about Lord Balin? As we've been calling him on the podcast. Uh, Vane, what do you think? Sorry. Yeah, so good. Sorry, I couldn't come off mute. Um, so I Balin's awesome. I'm very upset that the uh, I'm very upset that the actor died. Um, I think he's one of the coolest villains they've introduced, and um, I think there. I mean, I'm sure you guys all agree. There's way more than meets the eye here, and it's one of the things that I'm interested in most in finding out what his plan is. Yeah, speaking of his plan here, uh, Nick, Balin basically says, okay, Shin, like, you go after her, after them with the biker gang. Like, I'm, like, our paths are going to park here. i give you one last piece of advice, basically saying, hey, like, go get your place in the Empire. Like, my path is elsewhere. Remember your training, so on and so forth. So here, this is not the direction I thought we were going to end up with, with Balin and Shin. Where did you think we were going to end up? I thought we were definitely end up with where Mike Brescia was hinting a few weeks ago about how Shin was going to end up killing him because he was too like conservative in his approach. Um, that's still possible. Yeah. Like, yeah, he ran. He went away, but like, sure, he's going to be in the next episode. But do you think he's not going to be in the next episode? I think he is. He might be doing his own thing, though. What did you say? I'm sorry. He might be doing his own thing. I don't think we have time for him to be doing his own thing in this episode. I think he's going to get right back in the mix of the story, and I think something might have happened with him and Thrawn, to be honest with you. But I, I think that it, that's still, what Mike Brescia said is still right. I think that he's chasing the sun, if you will, and Shin is chasing the moon. I still think that's correct. I think he just left because where she was and what she was doing was chasing the moon, and that's not what he wanted to do. Uh, P, do you have any read on what Balin was talking about? Like, I have a new, like, I have a new purpose for what's going on here. I mean, the only, the only thing I can think of is that if he brings down Ahsoka, he can go to Thrawn and saying, "Look, I single-handedly took down Ahsoka," versus you know, maybe maybe trying to try to get rid of Shinhati at some point, or, or like maybe he, maybe he feels like she's dead weight. I don't, I don't know. I, I it's all it's a speculation for me, unless you guys heard of something that would direct it to a to a very um obvious answer yeah vin i feel like my take here is i don't know if you agree with me on this is that balin has been talking a lot about oh i want to break the cycle all this new energy like good guys win bad guys win so on so forth is i think his idea is you know what you guys all go back to the other galaxy fight out over there i'll stay here and make my own peaceful new galaxy in the way i want it to be yeah i think I didn't think about that, Mike, but that makes sense because I don't feel like he's a bad guy. Um, I just talk, like think about it. he's a mercenary. Mercenaries don't have loyalty to anybody. Right. And he also was a he also was a part of the Jedi Order at some point, but he's not a Sith. Right. So or so it seems like he might be going in a in a in a place 
where he's not supporting either the good guys or the bad guys in this in this uh this series so i'm hoping for good things with him and i think that honestly that makes a lot of sense is like because he says i'm you don't know i think he says something like you don't know where the real power is or something like that right and it seems like yeah he might just be starting his own thing here um his own jedi order or whatever um we'll see yeah why fight ahsoka though I think he feels like he this is terms of him like saying, Hey, I made a deal to help to an extent. So like my job is to still complete that contract, but then when they leave, I can do my own thing. He's not really a man of his word in a lot of things. He wasn't really a man of his word when it came to Sabine. He kinda used it against his own thing. That that's my only like counterpoint. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's still a good theory. I agree with you. Um it's just he, he, he none of his decisions make sense right now. So really, that's why I really, it's like my biggest interest right now is what the hell is he doing? Yeah, for sure. Before we get to all the fights here, I think we should circle back to Thrawn and Nick because we do see that when Thrawn, Ahsoka shows up here, he basically realizes, hey, like she's really good. She's entrained by Anakin. First of all, I did think like he did take a step back when when El- Morgan revealed that the Inquisitor Days base had that Ahsoka was trained by Anakin. I did think that took him back a little bit. Yep, I mean he worked. He worked with Anakin in the Clone Wars. I know he wasn't in the Clone Wars show, but during the Clone Wars, they had worked together. I'm pretty sure he knows that Anakin and Vader are one. I am pretty sure of that. I'm not positive of that. So, it we've had a lot of people, a lot of characters in the show, from Huang to Thrawn, obviously Ahsoka. Who know a lot about Anakin? Remember who Ang's like he's very intense. Thrawn takes a step back. Oh wow! So I think he understands she could be dangerous because of how he how dangerous he was. Yeah. So basically, I mentioned, we talked about this a little bit earlier, Pete. But basically, he has the great mothers, and apologies, last you're calling them the grandmothers. They are the great mothers according to the show. So he used as they use the dark matter to triangulate where she is, and then he use, uses them to basically bomb her out and flush her out of the thing, and. I think it's interesting where he says, like, like, let her go on her wild goose chase here. Don't uh, waste our forces trying to trace them down. I mean, yeah, Thrawn is calculated. Thrawn understands uh, what he needs to do. I mean, he mentions that he wants to be two steps, three steps ahead of them. Um, He he tried. He tried to get rid of her, and he said, you know what? She made it this far. Let her let her go. I don't care anymore. It'll be she doesn't have time. We need the time. We'll use this to our advantage. We keep her on this planet, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so I think she he's underestimating Ahsoka right now, which is not very Thrawn like. However, I think he also realizes that he doesn't have the resources like he used to when he was a Grand Admiral of the Empire. Um, he is now the Grand Admiral of whatever forces are left. So he's being strategic in his time and resources. He's the Grand Admiral of one ship with significantly less manpower from 10 years on this planet. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, let's get to all our fights. Here. We have a lot of fights going on here. So uh Nick, I'll start out here with the Ahsoka Balin fight where she jumps out. Of, she has the coordinated maneuver with Hu Yang and jumps out of the ship to fight Balin here. She does kind of biff it here. And uh, friend of the podcast, Nick Valesia, wanted me to ask here, like, do you think the CGI on that jump looked a little weird to you? I heard that it did. I didn't notice it myself, though. But I heard that people thought it looked weird. Yeah. And this fight. Did you notice it? I did not notice it offhand. I was sort of in the moment, so maybe I'll defer the internet on that one. So uh, we got the Ahsoka Balin fight. This is, I think, the second time they fought in the show here. So, Vin, did you like this fight? Yeah, I thought one thing I've noticed about the series is the the lightsaber battles are 
much better than anything we've seen in the other in the uh other series um so i i really like it the you could just tell like both um the actor who plays balen i can't remember his name and uh and rosario dawson really put the work in and the choreography was great um i love the white lightsabers um they just they're doing a really good job yeah pete do you like how this fight ended where they basically go with draw and ahsoka uses hu yang to distract uh, him by bombing the area, and then she just steals uh, Balin's horse and, f- and basically rides away. No, I did not like that. Um, and I was, and I have it in my notes because I wanted to bring it up. I, I, everything I've watched about Ahsoka, like in the Clone Wars, like she really like, like sometimes she seems super overpowered, but I'm like, like why can't she beat? This is the second time. Why can't she beat this guy? What makes this guy so powerful that Ahsoka can't beat her? beat him with especially with two lightsabers right am i missing something is there or or is it just this just serving the story uh p any, any thoughts on that why ahsoka has not been able to beat balin either time i think and this is no knock at rosario dawson i think they are playing to her strengths and i don't think lightsaber duels is her top strength not that she's bad she's put a lot of work into it i'm sure and and she still makes it very enjoyable but when she's fighting Anakin, you can see Anakin has a lot better dueling choreography and more experience, if you will, because, you know, three movies plus. Um, and I think they can't make her look overpowered if she can't deliver the choreography that they need her to to be that way. So I think it might be more of a strategic production choice versus what the character's supposed to be. Um, I have to disagree about the choreography with with this fight. I felt like the Anakin fight was better, but you can see she's trying really hard. You know, she's putting the work in. It just I always found Ahsoka's lightsaber battles to be a little stiff. Um, and that's just me being overly critical. It's still enjoyable. I still love it. It's still Star Wars. Um, but I think that's it. I think it's because of the limitations of the actress. Yeah. And uh, Nick, I'll also mention you're thinking in terms of in-story reason. I could see this as a thing where she sort of says, hey, like, Sabine and Ezra are in trouble. I can't waste too much more time with this guy. So, like, let me just get the hell out of the Dodge and just leave him here so he can't help. Yeah, possibly. I mean, um, he's also just really good. Yeah. Like, that's not a knock on her. He's just really good. Yeah, I mean, he survived for all this time, like, after Order 66 for a reason. Yeah, it just begs the question, though, like, when he survived from Order 66... Where was he then? Yeah. Why wasn't he in Rebels? Why wasn't he in Andor? Wasn't he in Kenobi? Why wasn't he in the original trilogy? Why wasn't he in any of the other shows? I get it because they they just made the character now, but it it always answer that that question immediately comes up. That question comes up all the time when you talk to people who don't who haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels, and they say Anakin had an apprentice. Why isn't she in the movies then? Yeah. It comes up right away, and it's the same story with him. Yeah, for sure here. And then we get the Ezra Sabine stuff taking on the biker gang here. And uh, Pete, I know you want to weigh on this because when we see the Nodi trying to help out here, they're not very successful. Let me tell you something. I got so much shit on the internet for saying <laughs> that I hated these hermit crabs. And uh, let's be real, right? I understand Star Wars. I get it. I'm not you know, knocking them as a character, except it's just, you know, now now it seems like the internet has my back, right? I feel like no one likes the hermit crabs anymore. 
And I guess I wonder, I said, well, you know, what's the tone change? Did you really think these guys are going to be able to fight? They're hermit crabs. They they hide. They they move their their they have movable uh, camps. They don't seem like fighters. So I wasn't surprised. I didn't think they were bad in the episode, but I mean, it's uh, it's it's funny to see how the uh, tides have turned for me. I feel like more people are on the camp of not liking the hermit crabs than uh, last week. Yeah, Pete had to di- Pete had to die to hear before he come the villain. That's right. Hey, listen, hey, look. I I, uh, I welcome all, any and all opinions. So it was uh, it was it was funny to see all the uh, the 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 comments about it. But it, listen, full circle, hermit crabs really not. You know, people aren't high on the hermit crabs this week. So yeah, and uh, Nick, I feel like they tried to make them too Ewokish between the tone and the slingshots and the uh, little like t- baby weapons. Like I feel like they really tried hard to make this like the this universe's version of the Ewoks. Maybe. And they served a similar purpose, but I mean, they weren't really important to the episode. I mean, I, I don't think they were just doing their best to survive. And it makes sense that Ezra would be with that kind of creature, just knowing his character from from Rebels and how close he was with like with animals and everything. Yeah, and uh, Vin, I did think I did laugh at this point when like Sabine's trying to fight them off, and Ezra's driving their their pod, and she, and she's like. Like why why are these like why are they sucks like they're peaceful people it's like they need better weapons and as the Mandalorian that makes a ton of sense she gets frustrated about this yeah no I agree but if you really think about it like they live on a planet in another galaxy where they don't really need to fight right there's some raiders whatever but yeah I mean I I texted Nikki at eleven fifty two a.m. this morning and I said the hermits are the new Ewoks so um I. I really like them. Um, you know, Pete, I think you deserved everything you got on the internet. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, I really like them. I think they're a cool addition. Um, the scene looks a little weird. If you really watch like the background, you have like all of these these guys fighting and in the background, really slow hermit crab mobiles like like going around them. So like if you really look, it looks weird. But I, I love I, I thought I think they're cool. Um, it, it's, I think it comes down to did you like Ewoks or not? If you didn't like the Ewoks, you're not going to like these guys, right? So, yeah, and then we do get to see a little of the Sabine and Ezra fight here, and Nick. This also divided the internet here because Sabine basically tries to hand Ezra's lightsaber back, and he's like, "You keep it. I gave it to you." She's like, but "Why don't you take it?" He's like, "I don't need it. I have the Force." So then he just starts fighting with the Force, and then he basically is doing jujitsu over all over the place. He's like, like doing parkour on on the sides of ships. He's Hijacking like like these the night troopers uh, rifles and shooting at them. What do you think of Ezra's fighting style here? Oh, the fighting style was really cool. I gotta ask you though, what do you think of him not taking the lightsaber? I think this. I think I did find this on the internet. I found this interesting because I think he, in his mind, he thought Sabine needed more than he did. I agree, and also I just think that it's been about ten plus years, right? Yeah, he hasn't used a lightsaber in ten plus years. I think it's safe to assume that. Obviously, you know, it's probably like riding a bike, you never forget, but I think it's safe to assume that Sabine's probably at a point where she's probably more comfortable using it than he is. Yeah, plus, I mean, he's probably spent all this time playing with his force abilities. He probably feels very comfortable with those. That's, that's, yeah, that's just what I mean. Like, he's probably better off using the force than he is using the lightsaber right now. Yeah, and Pete, there is a point on the internet they make, I think it's... But he could have took the gun. Yeah, he does take the gun. I mean, he is familiar with the gun. Right, he, he said, I'm not, I don't need a gun, and then he took a gun. Yeah, well, he, I think it's sort of like in the moment. Oh, cool. Boom. Yeah. I know he likes guns from his time in Rebels. In Pete, there is also a great callback to Rebels, too. I think there's a 
I saw this on Twitter several times here in season two. I think Kane and season three, Kane is talking to our favorite Bendu and saying, oh, like, he needs to learn how to fight without a lightsaber. And then, ta-da, he's, he's figured it out ten years later. I mean, yeah, he hasn't had a lightsaber in that long. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, just about his lightsaber. Wasn't his lightsaber a blaster as well? Yes. So, no one is upset that Ezra lightsaber is just a regular lightsaber in this show? I think he made a new one, I feel like, though, for season four. Because I can't, I can't remember. Did he not have the blaster hilt in season four? Nick, am I, am I wrong about that? Did he change the lightsabers last the last season? I can't remember. I think he was... If he did, perfect. But I, to me, I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, it didn't he have a blaster on it. Like, I could have sworn it had a blaster as the hilt. And that was like why it was. I, I know he had a second lightsaber. I just don't maybe know that when was he had it. it. Yeah. I just don't know was. when it came to be. Okay. I feel like that he changed from blue to green. I feel like that's when that changed. When the I, I think you're right. I'm, I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, you know what? Um, Wasn't it destroyed when they fought Vader? Yeah, I'm reading it right now because I, I thought the same thing because I, I remember when I was researching Rebels, I thought it was cool that he had the the blaster lightsaber. I'm pretty sure it was destroyed thing. when they were fighting Vader on, um, what was it, Malachor? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it says. His mission to Malachor, um, it was just, uh, instantly destroyed by Vader. So <laughs> Instantly destroyed. <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> so okay. I, I have been corrected. Okay, sorry. To, to... It was Not only was it destroyed, it was instantly destroyed. He's just that good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun there watching him fight here. And we do get this fun moment here where, like, Shin shows up. And then, like, Sabine, Sabine's, I think, uh, would you say, Pete, that Sabine does better round three against Shin in the first two? you say that again? I'm sorry. You went in and out. I couldn't hear you. I feel like Sabine this round with Shin is the third time they fought already. I feel like she's gotten better every time they fought. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're starting to get to know your opponent a little bit because, you know, I know so much about battling with lightsabers. Um, but, yeah, I think um, I think she's gaining more dueling experience. And hopefully, you know, if she doesn't get better, she's going to be dead. So, I mean, she's she's obviously getting a little bit better at her skills. Yeah, and I did th- like the scene where they're fighting here. And uh, I did think it was cool when uh, Ezra tries to take on Shin without the lightsaber. And he used the force to basically push back on the blade. We've seen like Ray try and do this unsuccessfully, where she like kind of burns herself on it. But seeing him push the lightsaber back, see the blade kind of blow like blow back like it's burning towards Shin was cool. Yeah, that was cool. And, and yeah, so I I think I thought he should have taken the lightsaber, right? But then when I saw like the like his skills with the force and the lightsaber, like was like the culmination of that when he was pushing it back. I thought it looked cool. He had these like heavy like i feel like when you're when you see these force pushes they're very like elegant right but he had this like very like heavy-handed approach with the force like you could see him really pushing and like manipulating things and i thought it looked very very cool uh, i'm sure there's like some weird like tai chi or something that 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 it's like derived from but uh it, i thought it looked awesome really cool it did look awesome and at the end though like the night the two garrisons that Thrawn sent to help Shin show up here, they basically surround them. And Nick, anybody who's watched Rebels, this is classic Ezra trying to bargain at the end here. He's like, you know, like could talk about this. Or he takes his prisoners. Yeah. I it's like it's completely like, agree. And I'm seeing I saw on the internet people were like Ezra was out of character with all the jokes. I was like, that's literally spot on character. Yeah, to me, it felt like Pete like the people who were complaining about this did not watch Rebels recently or forgot what Ezra is because this is who he is. He always is a guy who's like cracking jokes and trying to be funny in the middle of fights. 
Yeah, I mean, look, obviously characters grow up and their demeanor is going to be a little different from a kid to an adult. But I mean, this this was um, another example of organic growth. And he still has that kind of wit and that 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 um, negotiating side to him almost. Right. So I, how old I, is Ezra? I think he's like I think he was like I think he was 19. He disappears to probably 29 now. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure 19 plus nine. I think he's 28 years old right now. Okay. So he's 28 when he just so he's 18 he disappears 28 so, now. I don't think it's the I don't think it's crazy at all that a 28 year old still cracking jokes. Not like he's it's not like we left him when he was 14 and we caught up with him again when he's in his mid 40s. Yeah. Still talking about a young man. Yeah, and Vin, I know you haven't seen much of the rails, but Ezra's a guy who would famously go around telling people his alias was Jabba the Hutt when he was trying not to give out his identity. So the internet needs to chill. This guy, like, this fits his character very well. Yeah, so yeah, someone who doesn't he didn't watch Rebels when he they were cracking this the jokes, I was like, all right, this is probably something he does in Rebels, and this is probably his his like more like his personality shining through. So I, I mean I didn't have a problem with that. I thought I thought it was actually classic Star Wars. Like Star Wars has that humor to it. It's not supposed to be this very serious thing, right? So um I thought it was cool. I thought it was fine. It um uh, you know, they did a good job. Yeah, yeah, good job here. And then we see that before this happens, Ahsoka shows up here, basically comes in, helps save the day here. At this point, I think while this is going on, Thrawn is looking at his map, Nick, and he sort of realizes, wait, Balin's not here. This throws Thrawn a bit because I think it's something he was, he's the guy we know is seven steps ahead of everything. He was not able to anticipate that Balin was going to break off the mission. No speaks to Balin's character. I wonder what he's up to, and honestly, I don't really have a guess. We'll see. I don't really know what to say. Yeah, I also know that he basically pulls his troops out and says, if we had Balin, we could have won, but this is not winnable, so we're going to sort of like cut our loss here and pull everybody back in the base. Yeah, and he's right, though. They they won time. Yeah. They do win time here. I will also point out this interesting sequence here at the end, Pete, where... Uh, Shin basically gets left alone because everybody runs away. The bikers get their asses kicked. The the night troopers run, and she doesn't know what to do. Ahsoka's like, "Hey, you want to come join us?" And like, she stands there confused for a second and just runs. So like, what do you think about that? Where she's sort of like, "Wait, I don't know what to do. Like, my enemy have been fighting for like weeks now and is willing to take me in." Yeah, this was this gave me like awkward. I'm at a party. I don't know anyone. Everyone left, and it's just me and two other people. I'm just gonna go now. Um, I was hoping that it was more hesitant, like maybe I should join, but no, I, I'm, I'm going to leave. Um, and maybe that's what they were trying to go for. Um, I just didn't take it that way. So, um, I, I think it was fine. I just think it was more awkward than anything. Yeah. And, uh, it does sort of leave an interesting point here, Nick. Do you think there's any possibility Shin could flip or you think she's too far down that I need the power from Thrawn's side just to go there? It's another thing that you, I mean, I think she's too far down. But then again, if it happened, I wouldn't be shocked. So, like, I'm really in the middle here. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting here. And, uh, Vin, we do see here that Thrawn's point here he makes at the end of the episode is, like, they, like, w like we did not win the fight of killing Ezra and Sabine, but we won time. Because Ahsoka's all the way over there with them, and we're almost done loading our ship to leave. So, like, we have bought ourselves valuable time with this uh, diversion. Yeah, so I posed this question to Nikki as soon as I finished. I said, do we know what he's loading? Like, do we know what the cargo is? Um, because that 
I mean, that confused me, but it also obviously showed me that Thrawn is a calculating person and he's a very calm and cool person. So he, you know, he knew what he was doing the whole time. But again, what is the cargo? Did I miss it? Because I, 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 that kind of confused me. Yeah, we have not been told, right, what the cargo is. Oh, and I think that's the big mystery going into the next yeah. episode. Yeah. And, and also, why does now. he care? Why does he just want less Jedi? Like, why does he really specifically need to get rid of like Ezra and Ahsoka? Um, Who's this? Thrawn? Yeah. Well, I think he just wants to leave them behind. Right. Well, I'm saying, but it's like if they survive, like it's not going to ruin his plans. I would think he's, you know, I mean, well, they're a threat. It doesn't help. Right. But well, they're a threat. He dealt with, he dealt, he had a hard time dealing with Ezra and, and Co. in Rebels. To right, the point true. where he got vanished to another galaxy. I don't think he wants them around anymore. Who knows? Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a third galaxy out there. I don't think he wants to go and find out. Yeah. True. Plus, like, he now he knows that Ezra, who's been giving a pain in the ass for years, is now teamed up with Anakin Skywalker, the prince he had no idea about. That, that's got to be terrifying for him. And Sabine, who he already knows is somewhat dangerous based on prior past experiences with her. Yeah, it's not a fun trio for him to have around. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So in his mind, it's okay. We we got them all together. You know that was his plan all along. When he let Ahsoka go, it's all right. Let it let her bring us right to everybody, so we can have them all in one spot and go and kill them. He did the same thing in Rebels a lot. He would let the let the little fish go, so he can catch the big fish later. You know, and then it got to the point where they were losing, so he called a retreat. And in his mind, it's okay. Let's retreat. We're almost ready to leave. Let's just get the hell out of here, and they'll just be stuck here. Yeah, and we'll also point yeah. out here, uh, Pete, that like he does point out that like, hey, if Balin's at his post, we win this fight because Balin is 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 a big piece of the board we did not have in this fight. Yeah, I mean, Thrawn knows what he's doing. I mean, Thrawn's character, like we've talked about many times in this podcast in this episode, is that he's calculated. He knows when he's beaten. And he knows when he can't win. And instead of just being stubborn and saying screw it, keep going. He says, I'd rather just keep my resources. We're going to, like Nick was saying, we're going to leave anyway, instead of saying, all right, we'll have like 20 death troopers, dark troopers, whatever they're called, uh, die on me. Well, maybe he needs those 20 later. So I, uh, you know, I think it was just more of just he knows when he can't win that little battle so he can win the greater war. Yeah, for sure here. And uh, obviously we end the episode also with the, with the reunion between Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra here, especially like, I did think it was a little weird, Nick, for somebody who has been stoic in this show as Ahsoka has, that she, like, really breaks character and, like, is all, like, emotional when she sees Ezra. Like, I couldn't miss this. Yeah, it's been maybe more than 10 years because it was season two. It's probably, like, 11 or 12 years, so I can see why. Is there anyone you haven't seen in 11 or 12 years? I know that I'm thinking about it. I don't know, but, yeah, it'd be a big deal. Yeah, it was a lot of, it was definitely cool to see the actual emotion out of Ahsoka there, Vin. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because she like like even you know in the Mandalorian, she's very she seems very wise and stoic. So it was nice to see a little bit of a change and and the more fun side of Ahsoka. Yeah, and that's just, I think uh, people say this is more of Clone Wars Ahsoka that came out. I agree. Yeah, uh, for sure. The, the the slide in. I don't know if that bothered you guys, but the face that Ahsoka was making when she slid in to like block Shin Hati. I know yeah. this is a little bit before the reunion. That bothered me a little bit. I was like, that's kind of cheesy. But anyway, uh, yeah, like you said, Clone Wars Ahsoka, um, some sort of um, emotion. And I think that's because of the whole the whole scene that she has with Anakin in this show, right? She's more 
open to the emotion and she understands that it's still part of life, even though you can't let it affect you in ways that maybe it affected Sabine, you know, stuff like that. All right. So I think that's a good place to end the episode here. So we really covered the pliers. I got to all our stuff we do every week here. So we're going to start out with the character draft here. We got to update that because Nick, like you picked up another point this week where we do get a little bit more, uh, we got cars and table one more time. I got a little insurance run in the eighth inning, so hopefully we can get the we can get the save in the last episode. Yeah, I'm trying to get this poll up here. Give me two seconds to work on that here. But in terms of the character draft board, I think it's very fun to see how this ends up turning out here. In terms of Nick with the shrewd pick in the third round in Carson Tava has three points on the board. Uh, I still have zero because they they name check Zeb, but Zeb didn't appear. Uh, Pete name check Gideon did not get him to appear either. So Pete has one point with Rex. I have zero. Nick has three. Nick, I think is in a very good position here. Unless like by some miracle, I get like three of my team to show up next week. And then we have a tie. Yeah. Uh, Without Carson showing up. I, I don't see a world where I don't win. It would take a lot. I can I, I can see it possibly. Like, let's just say, like what's possible. Rex could possibly show up. I think uh, your top two picks could possibly show up, but even then, I'm up three to two. And that's assuming Carson does, is not there again. Right. The Carson shows up one more time. You have it basically locked. Yeah, I'm looking forward to adding to my Funko collection. Yeah, Vin. The prize this year is a Chopper Funko Pop. That's pretty awesome. Seems like Nikki's going to have another one. <laughs> yeah, that's my regret. I shouldn't have taken Mando ahead of him. It's crazy when you look back that he was the ninth pick in the draft. He should have easily went third overall. Yeah, and uh, Pete also measured. No, no, let's look 3PO. I mean, I don't think anyone's expecting 3PO. <laughs> but you know, I frantically went to the character draft board to see if you had him because one of the draft you picked the droids now, it must have been andor no it was no it, it was me i had andor i had 3po and bail remember we did that's it. what i'm saying that's what i'm saying you had 3po in one of the drafts and i was getting confused was this the one and i had to go look and see if you had him on your team because i was getting nervous yeah it was andor because remember we had the whole joke how i had the quarterback and the receiver together with uh bail and c3po yeah right 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 all right so that's the character draft here so now we get to our trackers and we update every single week here so uh Live action count was a little busy this week here, Pete. We added uh, Carson Tava again, another Anakin, plus C-3PO. So we're up to seven live action cameos. Yeah, it's great. I love that we uh, we keep uh, adding to that tracker. Yep. Uh, the animated tracker hit again here, Vin. We also add yeah, the Space Whales one more time. Plus, uh, I don't know if you remember this, uh, that guy, Senator Giano, is actually from Star Wars Resistance, which is the third Star Wars animated show. So that is now 12 animated cameos. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. I thought this was the first time he appeared, so uh, it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome here. Nick, your favorite track. We got another planet on the board. We, got the, we actually went to Coruscant this week, so eight planets. That's great. Eight planets, seven episodes. The over-under actually it was nine and a half. I, I, I think it's – it's it, the money is very heavily on the under, but it's possible. It's possible here. So uh, next up here, Pete, lightsaber use is now up to 30 times the lightsaber has been turned on in this show. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. I wish we had that information for the other shows. I mean, I know it's the highest, yeah. but I wish we had that information to compare it to the other shows. 
Yep. And uh, Vin, last night, least, we're tracking lightsaber duels. We had two more this week here. We got Ahsoka and Balin for the second time and Shin and Sabine for the third time. So nine duels. And the third of them were Shin and Sabine. The more the better, honestly. I, I But, uh, I mean, Balin and Ahsoka is a lot better than Shin and Sabine, my opinion. Yeah, it feels like it's the undercar on the on the uh, boxing on the uh, boxing match. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it as much. All right. So next, we're going to the MVP LVP board. These are the best and worst characters in Ahsoka. Is rated by us on the Sky Guys. So as of six episodes, Lord Balin's on top at plus six. Ahsoka plus four. Grand Admiral Thrawn made his debut with three points last week. Anakin Skywalker and Hera at plus two. The droids Chopper Hu Yang at plus one each. Morgan Elizabeth's at zero. Negative ones, Sabine Wren, Ensign Rick from the premiere, the guy who was screaming for the Empire in the and the Corellian space base, Maroc and Shin Hathi from me last week, Min Weaver and Captain Hale from here get negative two, along with Megan Mon Mothma. The Pretty and Biker Gang from last week gets negative three points, and the New Republic is on the board at negative six. They're the leaders in this department here. I did not think that Pretty and Biker Gang had a chance to catch them. They have an opportunity to be added again this week, so... Uh, We'll take a look here. Who do I have first on this on here? So we'll go to uh, Pete. Who is the MVP of the week? I'm giving it to Ezra. Uh, I feel like he really kicked ass. Um, he didn't have his lightsaber. Yes, he took a blaster, but um, he stayed true to his character. It was cool to see him in action as well. Um, so I give him the MVP. Uh, Nick, who's your MVP? I'm going to give it to Thrawn. Okay. I think that even though Thrawn was lost his battle or his forces lost a battle, he still found a way even after losing a battle to be one step or really five steps ahead of his opponent. So even losing a battle, he comes out on top. Uh, Vin, who's your MVP? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Thrawn as well. Uh, it seems like he did he did what he had to do. He did it gracefully and calculatingly. So uh, he gets the MVP for the episode. I'm with Pete. I'm giving it to Ezra Bridger here for all the reasons Pete said. Plus, Pete, I'll, I'll put this out to you here. If Ezra does not find these noty people, they are dead on this planet. He kept the species from going extinct for 10 years. So Ezra gets an MVP point for that. Save the hermit crabs. <laughs> so I'm forward to. All right. So that's the MVP board here. So go that way, Nick, who is the LEP this week? I got to give it to the senator. And I also think that if we could, uh, how do you pronounce it, by the way? Senator Giano. Giano, yeah. If we could take a point from the New Republic and also give it to him, because I voted for the New Republic in one of the episodes prior, thinking that we would, because thinking we wouldn't see him again, and I didn't want to just give him a one-off. So I'd like to remove one of my points from the New Republic and give two points to him right now. So you're gonna take the New Republic down to negative five and put Chiano negative two. Yeah, because I didn't think we'd see him again. So I was like, let me just give it to the Republic. But um, actually, the Republic as a whole was a little bit better because Mod Mothma was, you know, understanding and whatnot. And Leia is technically involved in that New Republic, but I got to give it to him. He's just like, it's so frustrating, and I don't know how else to put it. It's so frustrating though when you when you when he's in it when he's sitting there, sitting there very smugly. Yep, uh, he reminds me a lot, Nick. Like he's like the asshole embodiment of like the guy with the monocle from from uh, the and Andor episode of Mandalorian. You know the guy that was like, "Oh, Republic Empire, who cares?" Yes, yes. He's very much yes. that. He's very much that guy. If that guy was a senator, I got confused for a second, yeah. but yes, I agree. Uh, Vin, who is your LVP of the week? 
So, yeah, Nikki, I agree with you. I was going to go with Senator Shiono, but um, when I was watching the episode, and we didn't really actually talk about this at all, but I think Morgan Elsbeth is the LVP for the week. She's be- She went from, in my mind, looking like she knew everything and being like the leader of this like movement to basically being a lackey that has no information. Like if you watch, she's like questioning Thrawn's. She's like, I like, what are you doing? I don't understand. And like, he's like basically ordering her around to get him information. So I think she's the LVP. I think next episode she might be going down, honestly, because I think she's out. Uh, what what do they say? Uh, she's like she's expired. Her usefulness is expired. So that's my that's my thought. I know where Pete is going. I'm not going to go that way here. So I'm going to ding the biker gang again here because I feel like. The biker gang has basically these turtles, these hermit clans have no idea how to fight. They deal with uh, one Jedi without a lightsaber and a Jedi who's barely trained with a lightsaber, and they get their asses handed them again. So I'm giving the biker gang another L- LVP point here. So, Pete, you want to take it away? I'm curious. Where do you think I was going with it? Uh, our friends, the hermit crabs. Nah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel like getting roasted on the internet again for about three hours. So I think I'm going to go with someone who I think is is a real LVP of the of the whole episode. It's it's that senator. Um, I I hate to be, um, taking someone else's LVP, but he just sucks. He really does, and he's he's gonna he's gonna screw them, and it's just gonna be. This is why why we have the the sequel trilogy. So he's getting the LVP. And he got. I'm really upset. Yes, I'm really upset when you look at the board because the board doesn't. If you, in theory, the board should show you after the show who the best characters are to worst ranked from from you know from best to worst, and I don't think it really does that because like Shin Hati is a great character and she's at negative one, and like it's disappointing. It's it's because she hasn't been the best in the episode. Maybe she's the third best in like five of the episodes. It doesn't get you a point. So the system is flawed. Well, I mean, Sabine had the one terrible episode that took her out of positives. Yeah, no, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, I guess if you have to think about it, it's not going to be a ranking of who the best to worst character is. It's just going to be who had strong moments and who had really weak moments. Like poor. It Karn. doesn't account for it doesn't account for a pretty good episode. Like Karn and Andor, who just kept getting dragged to the bottom because they kept doing stupid things every week. As bad as a as. I like him, but he sucks. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, he does suck. I love that character. All right, so now we go ahead and grade the episode on a scale of 1 to 10. Warren is worse than the 1978 holiday special. Ted is up there with the Prison Break episode of Andor in terms of the pinnacle of live-action Star Wars content. Vin, what is your grade for the week? I'm going to give it a 7. Uh, really enjoyed it. Great content. Didn't totally push the the show much further. I, it did, but I, I think there were better episodes. So I think seven's a good spot for it. Yeah, I'm gonna agree here. I'm gonna give this a seven. Also, I feel like this is it's a fine episode. It's we've seen a lot worse in both live action and animation. But the standards this show is set. This is just not as good as what's come before. That's not a knock on this episode specifically, but seven for me. So Pete, where are you going? So I'm actually a little lower than you guys. I'm at a six. Um, you know, what was great about this show for me was that at, at the end of every episode, I was like, oh, I can't wait for next week. This week, I'm just like, OK, I guess I don't know what's happening next week or I really don't know how they're going to do this. So I guess we'll watch. And I think that is a real bummer for me. Um, and I think they just 
they they kind of lost their way and how they were formatting the show. And this wasn't a filler by any means. I want to preface that. I liked it. I think the content was good. I think the placement of the episode was bad. Um, and I think that to do this right before a season finale is a little unacceptable. We've opened up a door doors to too many things. And now I feel like we're just going to get a rushed finale. And that's what I'm afraid of. Compare this to like the Mando season three episode, like seventh episode where you're like, wow, I need to go see what happens right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, is anyone here on this panel saying I can't wait for next week if it wasn't the finale? If this was a, if this was an episode where the finale wasn't next week and this was just in there, I think all of you would agree with me and say, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch Ahsoka because it's Ahsoka, but I'm not at the edge of my seat like I was after episode two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it's not like one where, where if this had been like on the binge and it was like hit next, you would not automatically be hitting next. I mean, I, I look, I would. But if I'm binging it and I see that's my episode seven, episode eight, I'm like, what are they going to do? There's just so much stuff that they just opened up and there's no, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm still going through it, but it just it doesn't get me like pumped, you know? All right. So, Nick, want to wrap us up here? I'm with you guys on the seven train. Very good episode. Wasn't the best episode in the series. I. I want to say I don't think it was the worst, but it might be my lowest ranking, actually, now that I think about it. Um, doesn't mean I didn't like it, but I, I don't think, you know, I see this a lot. People are like, oh, we're going to rush the last episode, but the last episode is not going to tie all the loose ends. And if people think it is, they're 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 expecting the wrong thing. And we've, I mean, how many times have we done this now? I think this is like the sixth time we've done this. All the shows that we've covered on this podcast we get to this. What what is the name for, by the way, Mike? The second to last episode. What's the name of it? The penultimate. Penultimate episode. And we get to that point and everyone gets worried. How are they going to wrap it up in one episode? And they do it every time. Yeah. And we come on here and we go, oh, it was really good. So I have faith. Yeah, for sure here. And speaking of the, the final episode here, there's our predictions for part eight here. I think for me, the big thing is I think there's going to be, I think, we're going to lose Morgan Elizabeth as Vin said. I think I'm with him on that one. I think she's going to be the death in, in the finale. I think that they're going to get back the main trio. They're going to think that Thrawn didn't, but Thrawn does. That's sort of my, my gut here. That, they're, that Thrawn's going to have a little anonymity to do some work in the background ahead of a season two or go on here. So I think everybody gets back except Morgan Elizabeth. And that basically we have uh, Thrawn has some degree of anonymity when he returns. And uh, Pete, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> I, I agree. I don't think we're getting all of the the loose ends tied. Um, I just wish there was some direction, and I don't. It's hard for me to predict that direction. Um, I think we'll see Ezra with a lightsaber. I think it's going to be Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine. They'll probably get back to the ship, and I, I think you're right. I think someone does die. I just don't know who. I, I it's it's hard to predict, and that's fine. I don't think a show should be easy to predict. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the big the big take for me is Ezra the lightsaber. Finally, uh, Nick, anything you want to add? Yeah, I I think that Morgan is going to die, Which... not get left behind. Die. Yeah, I think Thrawn is going to get out of there with cargo. Fifty fifty on whether or not we find out what that cargo is, but. And I think everybody else, meaning our heroes, are going to get stuck there. And I think that's going to be our beginning of season two, is how are we getting out of here now? 
How is Hera going to come save us? Carson Teva and the gang. Mando. Mando and the gang. Get Grogu involved. Let's get the spin move. Um, Power Rangers involved. Yeah. Yeah, so you think, so you think basically everyone else gets stuck. Oh, obviously. Bosk. Get Bosk involved. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, at one point Ezra was Jabba the Hutt and maybe I'm sure he knew Bosk. Yes, maybe. All right, so Vin, you want to wrap up here? I know you've you already got on record and said you think Morgan's going to die this week. Yeah, I think she's going to die this week. I, I agree with you, Nikki. Um, I think they might get stuck there. Um, I think this show is so good that it makes me incredibly frustrated that the sequels exist because it almost makes anything in this show inconsequential. Um, so it just makes me even more angry about the sequels watching this show because it's so good yeah all right so that's all we have for the week we'll be back next week with our finale coverage here vin thanks for coming on really appreciate it always fun talking to you yeah thanks for having me mike appreciate it uh pete people want to follow you on social media i can do that at concy 29 on twitter c-o-n-s-y 29 yep and uh nick one more time people want to follow us on social media i can do that at sky guys podcast on instagram twitter threads and tiktok i try to do that faster every time now <laughs> You also follow me on Twitter, mphillips331, M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. This is Gorman Just on the Suffering Podcast. Talk a little bit about the Yankees season coming to an end, what they can look forward to in the offseason here. Some NFL picks with a friend of the podcast, Martino Puccio, Pete. Sneak peek, Mike? Sneak peek? Yep. Uh, sneak peek here. Uh, Martino. You can tell, tell, tell me one of the games that you picked, but not the team you picked. Okay. How about that? I took the I went into one of the 0 3 bowls and took I took the Viking Panther game. Okay. I'm interested to see who you took. All right. So that's going on on the podcast here. We'll be back next week with our finale coverage of Ahsoka. Until then, may the force be with you. Mm-hmm.